Emma Gilmore has for years been smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers. She's one of New Zealand's best rally drivers, becoming the first female to win an event in the New Zealand Rally Championship and taking out runner-up overall three times. But a new benchmark has been set. Emma's become McLaren's first ever female driver. Yes, McLaren holds a special place in New Zealand, founded by New Zealand racing legend Bruce McLaren in 1963. She would drive in the Extreme E Series, a new race raising awareness about carbon pollution, as well as promoting diversity with a female and male driver. She joins me now. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for having me. Has it sunk in yet, being signed up to McLaren? <laughs> it was funny actually yesterday we were doing some testing and it's the first time I've, I've driven the car and you know worked with the team in that and I'm sitting in the car you know waiting to go out and I'm looking at the guys working at the car and you see like McLaren on their shirts and you're like wow this is this is real yeah it, yeah it's still bizarre because I mean they're just they're really nice people they're really down to earth but I mean they're, they're the top of the game you know like whatever you do they're just they're so good um you know it, it, whichever you know if it's the communications department or the or the engineers or the mechanics you know everyone's just at, at world-class level so it's, it's the amazing. pinnacle it is the pinnacle yeah. and does it feel like that for you <laughs> does it does it feel like you know did you was it surprising when you got the call because when you got the call up you didn't believe it you thought it was a hoax <laughs> I just um yeah I didn't didn't realize that yeah I I, I saw a, a, an email from a Zach in my inbox and then when I yeah realized who it was it was sort of like wow um so yeah it's um it's it's like I suppose it has sunk in but I mean again I you know if, if you told me a year ago I'd be sitting here doing what I'm doing it, it you know it, it's just so far removed because you know we think of McLaren we think of Formula One you know, you don't think of a rally driver from Dunedin, New Zealand, you know, crossing paths with that. Excellent. And, you know, I was reading about your past and you were actually an amazing horse rider. And then you gave that up to do racing. Well, no, you sort of fell into racing, didn't you? Tell us about that. Yeah, I, I, like you say, I did um, all the pony club stuff uh, growing up. You know, mum and dad took me and my sister around the countryside and I had a wonderful um, childhood doing that. And um and I had, you know, big ambitions. I thought that was what I was going to do and go to the Olympics and be the next Mark Todd. But, um, you know, I just started to lose my nerve as I got a bit older and the horses hadn't read the game plan about what we were going to be doing. And, yeah, I just thought maybe not after all. Uh, so you gave that up and I started uh, by navigating, which um, in rallying, obviously, you have two people inside the car, a driver and a, and a co-driver, a navigator. And so I started by doing that for my sister, Monica, and um, my cousin, Gwyn. And um, I really enjoyed the speed, but never thought I'd be able to drive a car, you know, fast on gravel. But when I finally did have a go at it, it was just, yeah, like a duck to water. It was just, it just felt really natural. I absolutely loved it. I, I was hooked. I love how you say you got a fear on horses, but then you decided to jump in a really <laughs> fast car instead. And that's way better. Hello, are you crazy? Well, generally speaking, generally speaking, the car doesn't have a mind of its own. It should do what I tell it to do within reason. Um, so yeah, and and you know, and I still take my hat off to horse riders. I just think it's the gutsiest sport out there. You know, like uh, you know the the animals, and you know, like it, it's it's still the biggest buzz, but it it takes a lot of bravery. As in, for me, I see the motorsport. It's a pretty calculated risk. We've got a lot of safety gear around us. So um, yeah. yeah. And are there some similarities between horse riding and driving a car fast? Absolutely. It's it's a really interesting thing because, um, you know, there's a couple of things. There's the, the, the attitude or the, the mindset. So in horse riding, when you're doing cross country, 
you might come up to a fence and the striding will be all wrong and it's like oh this is going to be ugly but you've still just got to go for it like there's no abort button you've just got to try and get over the fence as best as you can and it's a bit like that with rallying you've come into a corner and you've got the wrong speed you've got the wrong gear wrong line whatever it might be but there's no way to abort out of it you've just got to always be focusing forward and then the actual driving you feel a lot from your seat which is the same with horses you've got to be looking where you're wanting to go and you know from your seat to your hands and your feet be your touch points with your car as they are with the horse so yeah so it's, there's a lot yeah, of similarities it's so fascinating isn't it and you talk yeah. about how tough it was early on rallying that you cried a lot from the pressure <laughs> tell us about that tell us how you managed to push through you know coming to a sport I guess a bit later in life than other people what was that like yeah, it's interesting. Like my um, when I very first started, my um, it was my partner or my boyfriend at the time. He sat beside me as my co-driver, and and I'm sure he had a lot of patience with me. But he'd also get to a point of frustration where I think I'd get that nervous when I started rallying. Like I'd be so wound up that I'd drive really, really badly and really passively, <laughs> and um, he'd get a bit annoyed and frustrated, and and um, then the tears of frustration from me would come out. And then the anger and the aggression would come out and then we're away. So, um, yeah, so uh, so in that side of it, I sort of had to work out how to channel my aggression to be able to sort of put it on when I needed to for, for racing. Thankfully, I don't need the tears to start with now. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a real mindset, not mindset sport. You really have to be in the right mindset to be driving the way you want to drive. I think for me, I really struggled with the, um, you know, with the horse riding I, I, I started at Pony Club, you know, on the little ponies, and you, 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 I really felt like I learnt that or earned that um, ability. As in coming into a sport where you're naturally just good at it, it's kind of a weird sensation to just, yeah, rock into it. And I think, you know, I'd still get really nervous just with the whole idea of it because I never really understood or I still don't understand how I can drive so fast on a gravel road you know it's it's yeah it's an unusual an unusual feeling with how I see the two different sports yeah well I definitely don't know how you can drive that fast on the road <laughs> um, it looks very terrifying to me how many times did you feel like giving up along the way yeah breaking through and, and finally winning an event um it felt a long time coming because I guess when I started in the sport again um you know I was I was always sort of in the top few for a long time so I sort of always felt that the win would just be there and it didn't come, you know, and it was just always so close and it just wouldn't happen. So when it finally did happen, it was that real sense of satisfaction um, that I'd sort of stuck at it. And uh, there'd been a time I had a really big accident um, quite early on in my career. And when I came back from that, um, there were people that were sort of questioning whether I'd just lost my speed, but I was struggling with the car and its setup and all those kind of things. So, you know, there's been a lot of times where where if you haven't had the right people around you believing in you you know you would have just said actually this is just getting too hard so having those people that have continued to believe in me and support me um you know has got you through those tough times and, and then it makes it so much more more rewarding when when you do make it because you've got all these people that have come along with you on the journey how did they keep you going what did they say that kept you going uh, well I mean they've all helped in different ways you know there are people that have have supported me um, with sponsorships and been part of my my journey like Vantage Windows and Doors have been part of my um, rally team from you know very very early on in my career and you know at different times I definitely haven't had the results that um, probably you know you'd expect for, for the sponsorship and what they've um, you know invested in me but I guess because I've always tried to represent them well you know they've stuck by me and they've continued to believe in me 
And then there's the other people that have always believed in my talent, but, um, you know, and they're just there picking you up when, you know, the results haven't gone as you had expected them to. And just, you know, and, and I think a lot of people probably underestimate how far a phone call can go or just a text message or, you know, if there's someone that you really admire and you think, shit, they're doing a good job. And I know it's not being reflected for them at the moment. You know, just, just telling them that they're doing well, you know, it really does go a long way. And then personally for you, how did you figure out how to get past those failures? What was your mindset? How did you put that behind you? How do you say, right, that's done. I'm going to keep going and keep trying. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've always, I've done it because I enjoy it. You know, like I think early on I thought, yeah, I'm going to get to the world championship. That's my, that's my goal. That's my dream. And then I got to a stage where I realized that um, you need a lot of money. You need a lot of luck. You need so many things to fall into your favor for you to get to a certain achievement where you think you've made it. And so I just then sort of changed my mindset to the reality that I'm really, really lucky to get to do what I do. I love what I do. I get to go to great places. I meet cool people. Um, you know, I get to chat to people like you. Uh, there's just you know, so many cool things that come from doing just simply because I love it that I guess I've focused more on that. And I think if and when I stop enjoying it, then that's, you know, that's where I guess you decide that it's, you know, time to, to hang up the helmet. But um, I, I, I still love it. So, you know, I keep, you know, you keep putting up the disappointments because, you know, I mean, it's part of the journey, isn't it? And it makes it yeah. that much sweeter when you do get there. And I guess also maturity and experience <laughs> also says so much, doesn't it? Because you know there yeah. are better things coming. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I really admire that and, and other athletes, I think, the people that can, um, you know, be humble in the defeat and, and that I think that's really important, you know, and I, and I feel because I've been pretty honest with, with my journey and, and the downs and the ups as I feel like I've got a lot of support behind me because I haven't shied away from it. You know, I've shared the disappointments with, with everyone. So, you know, so people, I think really that there's been so much um, happiness seeing me finally get this opportunity with McLaren because everyone knows, you know, how tough it's been for me at different times. Yeah, so what what are the tough times? I mean, what are the what was probably one of the hardest times that you found through your career? Uh, it was probably more recently when um, I had uh, we basically started the season in the New Zealand season, and um, you know I'd run out of engines before the season had even really started, and you know, and it's and it's awful because you've you've committed to your sponsors, you've you've you know you've hyped it all up with how amazing your season's going to be, and and it's an absolute disaster, and. And it was just, it was, it was really heartbreaking. I had some like a personal relationship breakup at the same time and everything was just like, it was just so, so tough. And um, probably the best, best thing I ever did was I actually went and spoke with a, with a therapist and just talked about everything. <laughs> and, um, and it was the best thing I've ever done. Like, I, I honestly can't, um, you know, say that enough for, for anyone, like just having someone giving you another perspective and advice and support. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really beneficial to me. And, um, and I guess you just then knuckle down on the fact that you do love what you do. And, um, you know, and luckily I've, I've still had the people there supporting me through it, including my sponsors that have still stuck by me. And yeah, and so it's, it's um, you get through it and then, yeah. And then you, I suppose your strength then comes from that, from being vulnerable to, to share that with people. Um, and, and you realize that, um, you know, it, I think that, that helps other people as well, which is also Absolutely. part of, you know, being a sports person, it's not just, it's not all just champagne on yeah. the podium, it's, it's, it's everything with life. That's right. It's so, so true and such good advice. 
I read where you said you, you know, you started off by wanting to be one of the boys and then you realized that mm -hmm. that would never be that way. Tell us a little bit about that because it is such a male dominated sport. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it's, um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm never going to be one of the boys. You know, I think that's that realization. You think, okay, I'll just try and be like one of the boys. And then, you know, you, you sit back and think, well, I, I can't be. I'm not going to be one of the boys. So you have to sort of own it as being, you know, being a woman in a male sport. And um, and I guess that's how I've always just seen it anyway, being coming from horse riding where males and females competed equally. To me, it's never been a, a gender thing. You know, I just do it because I love it. And and I think the competitors have always, um, you know, treated me like that as well. So it's been good. I guess there's been people along the way that, that, you know, men along the way that have been really amazing. And then there's the others that have, you know, that haven't been so amazing. So tell us about that. Yeah, and I mean... I don't even know if you could say that's a gender thing. I think you could, you know, that, that can yeah. be true of anything. You know, you have you have your good competitors and you have your average competitors. Um, and, uh, you know, and, you know, the ones that um, are encouraging and, and supportive, I think, um, again, I mean, you, you learn you learn your good and bad behaviours from how other people act, don't you? You know, you know, that you think, I want to be more like that person and I don't want to be like that person with how they yeah. treat others. So I guess you um, wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah, and, and I think I've always, um, you know, let my results do, you know, do that. You know, I've, I've never asked for special treatment or anything. And, and I've also probably um, been very upfront with the opportunities I've got through being a female. You know, I, I recognise that a lot of my overseas opportunities have come about because I've been a female. And there's a lot of my male, um, you know, equals in New Zealand that haven't had similar opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So how has the industry changed then over the years? Because, you know, a woman in the sport was such a rare sight now. It must have changed quite a lot over the last few years. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely, I think, um, there's more girls coming through at grassroots level, which is the most encouraging thing. Because for us to see, for example, a woman in Formula One, we're going to need more girls at grassroots levels. You know, we need everyone to filter through. So <clears throat> I think we see that really strongly now in the likes of karting. In New Zealand and also speedway, um, off-roading, you know, there's a lot of girls taking part and, and likewise over on the two-wheeled side and motocross and that, I mean, we've got Courtney Duncan, who's a fantastic example of a New Zealand world champion. Um, so I think, I think it's just, there's just more girls coming through, which is really encouraging for the health of sport and seeing more girls, you know, make it through into the higher levels. Yeah, that's so good. And so how do you feel about being a role model to these girls that are coming through in the grassroots? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's great. You know, I, I feel really proud and, and humbled that I can be a role model. Um, and I think it's not just to, to young girls. I think it's to, to all women, you know, like I'm not, I'm not young. So um, youngish, I'll go youngish, but yeah. um, you know, yeah, I, I just totally. think, you know, it's so important for, for girls and women to chase their own dreams. You know, we're, we're also more, so much more capable of things than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so let's talk about the Extreme E series. It looks, I mean, it looks like crazy sort of Mad Max episode to me when I was watching the racing. <laughs> it looks really dangerous. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy racing. You definitely don't know what, what, what's going to happen. Uh, it's uh, a totally new kind of racing. So it's not something that's um, been done before and they're just electrifying it. It's, it's totally new. So starting off is that we are going, um, we're racing fully electric off-road buggies and we're going to remote locations that don't have a racetrack, so to speak, but they create a race racetrack 
in these remote locations. And the locations get chosen because they're an area of the planet that is um, you know, seeing the effects of climate change and environmental damage. And so they're really um, using sport to showcase um, what's happening with environmental change, but also, I suppose, trying to bring people along on the journey and, and educate people to make changes that are gonna help, help the planet, rather than sort of, you know, ruling with an iron fist and telling us that we must do this. We're trying to educate and, and empower people to want to make changes um, with the environment. But back to the racing, the other thing as well as the environment and what it's tackling is also um, electrification, is that the gender diversity and equality. So every car has a male and female driver um, and we each do a lap. So it's a total equal team in a 50-50 grid. So, and is, is it, are you looking forward to it? I mean, it looks super fun as well. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's 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 exciting like the 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 action that happens on the track because it's sort of across in terms of the racing itself it's a bit like rally cross which i've done in the past but you're in much bigger vehicles and obviously on terrain it's much more unpredictable so um you know i raced in greenland which was racing down in front of an ice glacier which was amazing and then <laughs> you know we raced in sardinia as well um unfortunately my teammate had an unfortunate ending with the car but um cool. It's just, it's, it's really, um, you know, just in terms of what I've learned in the times that I've, I've, time I've been traveling with them. And, and um, yeah, it's a really exciting, it's a really exciting chapter in motorsport um, and what's happening, but also using sport as a platform for change. I think it's also really exciting. Especially on the climate change front. We were at the COP26 summit meeting the Prince, <laughs> I see. That must have been fun. Yeah, that, yeah, it was a bit surreal, I must say, meeting Prince Charles. Um, yeah, I mean, you've se like I've seen him on TV my whole life, and then, yeah, <laughs> meeting him, it was really weird. But, um, yeah, again, felt really um, honoured and humbled to be part of that. So, uh, it's yeah, it's cool. I mean, um, motorsport has a huge following around the world, and, you know, to be a sport at a world level that's made it a 50-50 male-female grid, like no other sport's done that yet, and I think that's really exciting. And maybe that's the future, do you think, the whole, you know, because let's face it, there's a lot of carbon fuels burned in, uh, in Formula One, whereas the e-racing is different. Yeah, and, and the other thing, sorry, I should have touched on with, with the series as well, is that um, there's no spectators at the events either, so they do it all television as well, just so that, again, limiting the, the carbon footprint with what they're doing. So wow. I think it is the way of the future. Yeah. Definitely the way they're heading. That's great. And so you haven't been home for a while. You've been stuck and you've been trying to get home for a while. <laughs> yeah, I keep playing the, the MIQ lottery. Unfortunately, I have the same luck with this lottery as I do with winning lotto as well. So I don't seem to be winning it, but um, yeah, we'll play it again, uh, play it again soon. And yeah, and hopefully we can get home. So yeah, it's just, it's crazy to be stuck. You know, made a yeah. refugee from the year. <laughs> and is it, has it been hard? Has COVID been tough for you guys as well over there? I've been over here for just over four months now and it, it actually feels really quite normal like uh, you know you, they've, they've put good systems in place in regards you know you always sort of sanitize when you go into places and wearing face masks but um, you know down in England now that's not even really mandatory it's sort of your own choice or preference um, so yeah I mean obviously COVID's here and people are living with it but have just they've carried on I think so yeah hopefully we can catch up soon and you know just learn to live with it because unfortunately it's not going away. And are you still getting lots of interest to, uh, about the call up for McLaren have you got, still got lots of uh, <laughs> lots of publicity things to do before that? Yeah before the racing it's been, starts? Um, 
it, it was amazing. Like the, the response, especially from the New Zealand media, was amazing um, back home. So, um, yeah, so it's been a really exciting couple of weeks. Uh, we've got some more testing that we're doing with the team um, later this month. And then the first event with McLaren will be uh, in February next year. Oh, fantastic. Well, all the best. We're so proud of you, Emma, and uh, all the <laughs> best you. for everything coming up. We'll, don't, we'll watch your wild ride and no doubt you'll be achieving more success. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. See ya.